Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. But before we go any further, bring up the culprit. Andrew Cotter. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening is my catchphrase. We've heard it on another less decent podcast. It's recently, very recently. recently. Now, I don't know whether to be flattered that you're listening to the NI Golf Channel or it's pure plagiarism. However, knock it in the head, big lad. So, welcome to the Starter's Hut here at Hollywood Golf Club, our little home for the vlog. And before we go any further, there's been quite a few apologies over the last few weeks in the world of golf. Mm. We've had apologies about behaviour on the course. Yeah. We've had apologies from stingy players about how much they pay their caddies. Mm -hmm. And today, ladies and gentlemen, an apology from Paul Kelly. Official statement and everything. In our last episode, I inadvertently claimed that it was episode 62 of the podcast. I can now confirm that it was, in fact, episode 61. Like I said. It was a genuine mistake and in no way an attempt to mislead you, the loyal viewers. For any offence or any hurt I may have caused, I apologise profusely. I'm only human. I make mistakes, but I am trying to get better. Thanks very much. $50,000, please. No chance. Right, on with the show and coming up on today's episode. So let's start with some of the videos that have been sent over over the last few weeks. And Lurgan Golf Club, they've been on to us. They've been doing a wee bit of work. And they're freshening things up. Professional Peter Hanna shows us the work that's been done. And by the way, Peter will soon be installed as the new captain of the PGAs of the UK and Ireland. All right, it's uh, February the... 14th St Valentine's Day probably should be at home cooking Lynn's dinner for just to give her a bit of a treat but I'm afraid she doesn't like porridge in the evening so taking a walk out here to see the new bunkers that uh, the green staff have actually repaired uh, in the last couple of weeks so we're on the third or the 12th the par three if you recall the bunker used to be straight across the front of the green they've now reshaped that completely and done away with the big high bank I remember the hole whenever we were kids and it was a very very steep difficult bunker to get out of so you know it's a lot more user friendly in fact you quite possibly can now run the ball onto the green uh, so completely different shape uh, green here at the, and the bunker as well at the back has also been changed on over to ahead a few as well as that they've actually put some of this new white sand into it so we'll get in and hit a shot out of it and see how it feels Definitely, well, looks much better. Bunker's a lot flatter now as well, so hopefully a little easier to get out of, getting in there. Head of food, so. Yeah, nice and crisp sand, so you can get in and hit it nice and firm out of it. That's true, so hopefully it'll make this hole a little easier for some. Irish Junior Open Supremo Michael Gallagher sent us this video following the conclusion of the Flow Gas Winter Series at Port Marnock Lynx. Uh, overall winner was Galgorn Castle's Parker Bonnes. Bones? Bonnes. Bonnet. Bonnet. Uh, his prize, a day at Royal Port Rush, playing alongside Gary Murphy and Cormac Sharvin. What a prize for Lovely. a wee fella. Yeah. Like uh, Irish Junior Open website for more details of their spring-summer events. 
And finally, Proud Daddy Brian Pym sent us a video of his young son David playing here at the 9th Fairway at Bangor Golf Club. What a great swing. Good young player. Fairway finder. Keep it up, young fella. Uh, don't forget, you can send us your videos, Facebook, Twitter, uh, or email them to ligolfpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, keep us in touch with what's going on at your club. We'd love to see the videos and love to hear from you. So, very recently, Rory McIlroy finally confirmed that he was going to skip the Irish Open at La Hinch. It's been on the cards for a long, long time. It probably came as no surprise to anybody, really. No, Marshall's been following the story. Hinted at it last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now been confirmed. Winker Watson got the scoop with Rory out in Mexico, I think it was. That's right, you did. Uh, so, well done, Winker. Um, but yeah, so it came as no surprise. We kind of knew it was in the offing, but it's 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 disappointing to, just, to actually hear it confirmed. Yeah, I think if you're a fan of the event here and how it's been going, it's a shame that he's not going to play in it. It's disappointing for La Hinch, for everybody at La Hinch, first and foremost, because he is still the biggest draw. It's a bit disappointing for Paul McGinley, obviously, as well, because it's his first year hosting the event. He had put a lot of time and effort into it, and he doesn't have the marquee player there. Now, from the other side of things, Rory has been clear from the start, four or five months at least, that he was hemmed and hawing about it. He's made it official now. He still says he will play enough events to retain his European Tour card. It's just unfortunate for everybody here that he's not going to be playing in La Hinch two weeks before the Open Championship. Did he do, was it, is it five events he has to play? I think it's four events. Four eventually. events. So he's going to play Scotland. He's going to play, I think it's one attached to his sponsor Omega, is it? So this is four over and above the majors? Yeah. Because they're all co-sanctioned? Yes, and the WGCs. Right, yeah. so it's over and above those? Yes, you have to play okay. 12, I think, 12 okay. or 13 right. or something. So you've got to do all that. It's, not, it's a tough one. It's funny the reaction on Twitter and social media. I think uh, everybody goes a bit mental and there's a certain nationalistic angle to it. Oh, he has to play in his home hoping he has to play here. Well, he doesn't actually. He's, he can play where he likes, really. Um, would love to see him. He thinks this is going to give him the best chance to win the Open Championship. If he turns out and wins the Open at Royal Portrush, really and truly, he'll be vindicated by it. Absolutely. As you say, uh, a lot of people sort of crucify him on Twitter for this. Um, he can a- After what he's done for the Irish Open, mm-hmm. you know, the, the years that he hosted it, the yeah. money that he managed to get back as prize money, mm-hmm. Dubai Duty Free's engagement with it, the Rolex series has exactly. now become. Uh, you know, he was, and I think this is probably at the crux of the issue, Rory, I think, was trying his damnedest to get the Irish Open moved to the week before the Open. That's right. Here, when it's in Portrush. Yep. Now, this has been on the cards for three, four years. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's he's been trying to manoeuvre the Irish Open to the week before the Open for yep. quite a long time. I don't know if that was the culmination of things whenever Keith Pelly came over to Belfast to see him actually whenever we bumped into him out here mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Just before Christmas. Just before Christmas. We didn't have the gumption to ask him. We should have. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, I don't know. I, surely the European Tour would have seen the benefit in having the Irish Open here the week before the Open. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're quoting now contracts were signed yes. for the Scottish. Yeah. Can't be shifted, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But this has been floated for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. So they've had three to four years to notice. Tr- or, try move it. You know, to know that uh, whenever the Open was announced here and Rory said, wouldn't it be great if mm-hmm. 
was there not then, three or four years ago, a case to say, actually, we can now start doing this? Mm-hmm. Why did they leave it so long to, to and now come back with, oh, contracts were signed and blah, yeah. blah, blah? Surely the contracts weren't signed three, four years ago. Yeah, well, they do have, uh, on the tourist side, Aberdeen Asset Management, who sponsors Scottish Open, who are a massive investment to the, to the European tour. And have been for a long and, time. And you can't really, you can't, there'd be a frightened just to, to ditch them as well. Um, but maybe long term, in keeping sort of Roy's engagement, keeping the European tour, the Irish Open, what it was, maybe they needed to, to, to think about being flexible for that week. The other angle, of course, Mars, is that the Irish Open as an event has to stand on its own two feet. Yes, it can't just be Rory driving it. Yeah. Because eventually, at some stage, Rory is going to make God, what have, God forbid, he, he gets hurt. hurt. Finger. He gets hurt the week before exactly. the event. Or he, he, um, he, he decides, right, he's had enough all the year, and he goes and plays in America full time and forgets all about Europe. So the, the tournament itself has to learn to stand on its own feet. And I still think it will. I still think it'll be a very successful event. You know, uh, you've got Russell Knox coming back to defend. You've got Tommy Fleetwell already saying he's going to play. Uh, Shane, Shane yeah. Porig, um, Graham's likely to be playing as well. So uh, there's no doubt they're still going to have some top-class players there. But against that, you just wonder, we've seen what effect Rory has in ticket sales. It's, it was interesting to see the uh, the sort of split down mm. the Twitterverse opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it was mad. So you had... You had I would say the majority of commentators, both golf players, professionals, yeah. and the golf press, saying, "Look what Murray's done for the tournament. He deserves to have a crack at the Open in yeah. Port Rush. Fair play to him. You know, yeah. can't expect it all the time." And then you had ten percent. Yeah, well, I would suggest to people who aren't golf savvy, maybe don't spend a lot of time in the golf world, it would be sports commentators or people who, who watch a lot of sport, um, the general public, and that's what they said, you have this nationalistic thing, and there was some strange columns written by people. Well, I didn't like to bring it up, <laughs> you being the chairman of the Irish Golf Writers Association, <laughs> but there was one particular uh, article in the Irish Independent, uh, which was like, I don't know the person involved. Yeah. You do know the person involved. Yeah, Roy, involved. Roy Curtis, yes. Roy, a very, right, a very, I don't know Roy. A very well-respected journalist. He basically savaged Rory, you know, talking about Paul McGinley's had a sharpened wedge slammed into his heart and, yeah. and all these crazy... It was a bit old. It actually, it's, it smacked, like, to me, as if it was a, a journalist in their first year of writing yeah. trying to make a name for themselves and trying to trying to cultivate populist opinion and say, you know, uh, he should be playing for the, the Irish Open. Should never turn. It just felt, and it felt so wrong. Conversely, another article in the Irish Independent by... David Kelly. David Kelly was probably the most informed, you know, uh, on-the-money piece that you could have read because he listed all of the things in chronology. Order. Here's the sequence of events, here's yeah. what happened, and here's why we've got to where we are, yeah. which is brilliant. So it's strange yeah. that the, the same paper had... Yeah. To opposing, you know. Well, I wouldn't say that it is newspapers. They are all about selling papers, and Roy's piece certainly would have got reaction, as can seen by your still reaction. Tell me it wasn't all about that. Tell me it's well, just not. And, he, and also, Roy may well believe that, and if he does, fair play to me, Pendant, he has that opportunity to, to voice his opinion. Um, I t- I I st- I, I'll stick up for the rights of journalists anywhere. I was a bit incensed by it, I have to say. <laughs> he was in danger of getting. <laughs> However, I have overruled that however, this week. Over, you have overruled it. Roy is no longer Shanker of the Week. So moving on. Is he the slowest player in the history of golf? The slowest player of all time? It certainly seems like it, the way the reaction was, wasn't it? 
the other big talking point of the last week or two, uh, the pace of play and JB Holmes. Previously on the podcast, I have said it's not a big deal. Yes, you have been a proponent of enjoying yourself when you're out there and stop rushing around. Yes, I've also said that on on the tour, if they if it's a big money event and they're coming down the stretch mm-hmm. and they need to take a wee bit of time, that I think they should be allowed it. That it's probably pressure from the broadcasters yes. and the advertisers to try and get it, you know. And also the broadcasters going, how many more times can we say whatever it happens to be, uh-huh. filling in the gaps. I think that's kind of just gone a wee uh, bit. You finally realised that finally what the realized. damage it's doing to the game. Well... <laughs> From a spectator point of view, for, from a casual viewer point of view, exactly. Casual viewers tuning in and going, "What the hell? Yeah. How he, long is he, is he taking? Why is he standing there for seventy-three seconds o- over, over a two-inch putt? You can understand from that point of view why it's yeah. So, so yeah. is there is there a is there an argument to say that all golf broadcasts should be delayed by about two hours? So that, I'm, not, I'm not joking. So they, so they can cut out the crap. Oh, that's an interesting idea. So you basically, you know, you, you basically hit record uh-huh. whenever it starts. Yeah. And then you stream it and you put it out two hours later and you manage to cut out all the nonsense mm. and keep it to pretty much what yeah. is the highlights, albeit an hour or two behind live play. I'd have said back in the old days, probably you could have got away with that. The problem now is Twitter, uh, Twitter, yeah, social yeah. media. That's not going to work. That's true, it's not yeah. going to work. And also your broadcaster and your, your advertisers are looking sort of instant reaction, instant feedback. So JMP won the Genesis Open and fair play to him. However, the final round took something in the region of five and a half hours. And on more than one occasion, JB was called out. And by the way, he was called out by the commentators there, yeah, yeah. which is so unusual for a slow play. He's not the only player doing it. Our friend Bryson DeChambeau, more about him later, at the Dubai Desert Classic was also taking so long over shots. But, the but problem worse for me is it's a, it's a form of gamesmanship. But is it? Yes. No, I, I say I it is I, a form of gamesmanship. I, I don't think if so. If you're playing with me, right. and you know I like to play at a decent pace, and you start slowing down. But who was he out with in the final round? He was out with, I think it was Matt Kutcher, and I think it was Justin Thomas. Right, well, Justin Thomas quick. in particular is quick. quick yeah. And Matt, Matt will play along at his own pace as well, right? Yeah. And I don't care who you are. If you're waiting and waiting and waiting, it will affect how you play the game. Do you really think it's a, it's yeah. basically that? It's, it's it, it can't be. It is a form of gamesmanship. I'm convinced it is. Now, I don't know why he's deliberately doing it and think I'm going to slow them down. But regardless of how you approach it, it is a form of gamesmanship. He was pretty unrepentant. He was. He was a wee bit repentant. He's unrepentant and he's well. not the only one. And I tell you what, he's been, he's been mentioned, his pace of play has been mentioned in the past. So he's well known for what he's doing. And yet the tours won't get the grips. And I think Bricks Kepka recently was very, very strong on that. He was saying about how people, it was embarrassing, how nobody called it out, why the tour wouldn't deal with it. And this is a three-time major champion. Well, there were several players actually who actually tweeted about it. Yeah. Actually, you know, got off the oh. fence and tweeted about it. It, it it's, the, I can't work out why the players themselves do not understand the long-term effects it's having on the game. Because why would they if they're getting paid many millions to yes. play the way they play? Possibly, yes. It's a very selfish... We have it, talked before about how selfish, selfish it is. Selfish game. Golf yeah. is a singular selfish game. Well, the powers that be, the governing bodies, the tournament controllers, they all have a wider, rep- wider responsibility to not just 
the people in front of you to the long-term future of the game and it's not helping. So, so, why, help. so why are the tours reluctant to put people on the clock, seemingly? Yeah, because the bottom line I would say is that the tours are run by the players. Tours aren't run by independent people who have the, the best interests of the game. Chicken and egg. Yeah. The players, the players themselves aren't going to vote. The players need a tour to perform and to exactly. be highlighted. Yeah. The players need the sponsorship to pay yeah. them the big money. Mm -hmm. So you can't have one without the other. So the players themselves need to catch themselves on and realise they can't do what they're doing. But the tour, there's going to be, who's going to come up to the mark? If the if the PGA, if the PGA, US PGA, and the RNA and the weren't suddenly weren't there, and the European Tour weren't there, you know who who else is going to do it? Yeah. So there has to be a ruling governing body. The RNA and the PGA, the RNA sorry, and the USGA have instituted rules. It's meant to be forty seconds. Exactly. So the bottom line is, at some stage, one of the tours you see, which run the events, have to dig their heels in and say, I tell you what, boys, if you don't play within a certain period of time, we're going to penalise your shots. Yes, but there's not another tour in the waiting. To suddenly, if, the, if, the, if the players suddenly, you know, uh, boycott... Yeah, the, well, that's the, the issue, yeah. Yes, they can't, because there's not yeah. another tour in waiting, so... Exactly, they, have to, play they have to play the PGA Tour. Yeah. yeah. If, if the tour got firm, uh, they would continue to play, they just have to... Place a player would, would have to pick up. Uh, on the other side of things, then, um, do they have to sort of start looking at the way players do their pre shot routines? Do the players have to accept that they have to pick that up again? Well, that was, that was part of the point with JB Holmes that he waited until it was either Kutcher or. Yeah, had finished their putt. finished their putt before he even started his routine, and that's what the commentator said. Exactly. My, my, his whole objection was he's only just starting his routine. Exactly, he could now, have been doing that from the moment he arrived. And he took 73 room. seconds yeah. to let it go. Exactly. So we were thinking other things which take 73, so other things you can do in the 73 seconds that it took JB Holmes to, to make a putt. You could make a baby. Twice, in fact. <laughs> 73 seconds. Uh, you could, your car would get to 60 miles an hour. Possibly. Just about. In Downhill. In 73 seconds. Downhill. Downhill. Uh, if you're the long drive ladies champion, yeah. you could uh, take five out of your six long drive shots. Cause it, don't they get a minute and a yes, half? Yes, they do, yes. So five out of six shots. Yeah. Uh, flick a screen. You could also try, work this out. I have, I have the figure here. You could travel 16,104 kilometers around the sun. In 73 seconds? In 73 seconds. That's how far we all travel. Yeah. Or you could pull 95% of a pint of Guinness. Three words Bryson de Chambeau. He's our favourite golfer of the moment. He's a spoiled little brat, isn't he? He's got that way. He's starting to really rub you up the wrong way. He's rubbing. Well, what not is he, just you. Like he cares. Uh, but the point is, what do his other fellow players think about his behaviour? I wonder. I wonder. Because he, as we mentioned earlier, is one of these ones that's now taken a lifetime to play a shot. Exactly. Not only that, but this episode here which was caught on, uh, somebody was watching Sky Sports. That's right. Rich Beam was doing the commentary, and behind him on the practice putting green was Bryson DeChambeau, who basically- Launched his putter into the, f into the, into the green. He did a serve show, but even worse, right? <laughs> he basically Burned sunk it. his putter into the, into the putting green. Okay, he fixed it, because yeah. he realized straight away, yeah. eek, 
That's him fixing it there, isn't it? That's him fixing it there, right? Yeah. Holy cow, says Rich Beam. What the hell was that? Come on, B. DeChambeau. you got to do better than that, Pards. First of all, what's what's Pards? Partner. Is it okay? Partner, yeah, yeah. So Bryson did react. He had to react to that because I think the boys realised now that with Matt Kutcher and with Sergio, the longer you wait... The worst things are going to get, so you better address <laughs> it very quickly. So Bryson, obviously taking a leaf out of my own humble apology. Yes. I'm certainly not perfect, but I respect the ground staff and the game of golf, and I am focused on working harder, just like I do in my golf game. So he apologised to the fans and the players and the staff for his actions following around yesterday, and he got away with the old-fashioned, I'm um, extremely passionate player, which allows you, I think, to get away with anything. Does it? Is that? I don't know. It doesn't stop me giving off to you when you lose it. But anyway, he seems I to get away with anything. I haven't used that phrase yet. And I'm always working on ways to get better, said Bryson. However. Why was he not disqualified like Sergio was? This is the point. Why? Because the uh, the, the, the PGA Tour yep. maybe don't have the Coneys. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very good question. He should have been disqualified. Not the first time that yeah. it's happened. He's been a spot we Brad quite a few times. Uh-huh. Uh, for example, uh, just after that went up then, an, another tweet came in to say, mm-hmm. Hey Beamer, Nick, etc. The chunk took yeah. out of, He took a chunk out of a bunker at the Genesis Open. Looks like he got away with that one. And then the footage appeared as well. He was actually seen uh, yeah. doing this. Stunk. Oh. You know? Oh. Um, dirty, dirty brazen. So that was the week before. So... At what stage does somebody decide enough's enough, Bryson? Now, by the way, these tour players all get fined all the time. So they do. They get fined all the time. But at the same time, the tours never make it public. So you can be getting slapped with a two and a half grand fine for bad language and things like that there. But that money goes towards charity. And the tours never make it public. Who's getting fined for what? So So I guarantee you he's been hit in the pocket. But the public, and he's obviously getting hit now by publicity as well, which he will have to react to because of sponsorship. Uh-huh. But at the same time, don't you think the tourists should come out and say, he was penalised for that, we're dealing with that? They should have a, they should publish a list every yeah. six months yes. of penalised and Exactly, fines. it does. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you play here in, in, in the Irish League or the, or the various soccer leagues here, um, and by the way, I said soccer, just in case any of our American viewers are listening Football is different. <laughs> they um, every week they publish a list of who's of been fined. Yes, <laughs> who's been fined, red cards, yellow cards, and that's so everybody's aware of what's happening. See. So anyway, Bryson did take a big dig out of the uh, the green that t- of the bunker that time, and somebody's obviously come on and said, "Not good enough. I think you should offer to pay for dinner for all the ground staff at the tournament at the very least. Shameful behaviour, I'm afraid." Hey boys, Bryson's buying dinner. Yay! So, Bryson DeChambeau. Not for the first time. A third time. Bryson DeChambeau, we've been doing the podcast now for uh, just two almost and a, two and a half years. Two and a half years. This is now the third time, unprecedented, that we have awarded Shanker of the Week to Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> Bryson, catch yourself on, big love. <laughs> Anyway. Yes, then with Pro Golf and Maria Scarpnord won the Australian Ladies Classic. Um, Leona Maguire, who's down there playing, she finished 20th. <laughs> yeah, class. Meanwhile, the Honda LPGA in Thailand was won by Amy Yang. 
So earlier this week on all the golf feeds, uh, a strange character popped up that I didn't recognise, hadn't seen him before. Who is this hobo that has appeared in the, in our midst over the last week? Well, I don't know. It's unshaven, tired looking, looking drawn. drawn you know. I have no idea. But apparently, you know who he is. Yes, uh, Morris. This is Steve Stricker. He's going to be the U.S. Ryder Cup captain for 2020. And he'll be facing our own, very own, Porrig Harrington. I think Porrig's won up already. <laughs> Porrig's uh, certainly looking a bit fresher. He's one of those people that, you know, it's, I've, I've been in airports before. where you've Somebody's kinda, come off a flight. Yes, well, you, no, but you've seen, you've, you've seen a golfer, uh, but you don't know it's a golfer. Yes. And you kind of go, because it kind of happened with Russell Knox last yes. year at yes. the Open. Yeah. Uh, I kind of know his face. And then you go, oh, uh, that's your man. He's wild for that. Yeah, like I, if he walked past you in the street, it would be like, yeah. who's that? Who's that well, I think that's one of the reasons why, that, you know, he has that sort of everyman quality, which might actually help them. You know, he's not a big star. He's been knocking around the European Ryder Cup teams for a long time as a player and then a vice captain. He's also been added the Tigers uh, President's Cup backroom team. He has all the credentials in the sense of having the experience to be a good team captain. Yep. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how Park tries to get under his skin a wee bit because I'm sure he's been needling away with every chance he gets. All he has to do is mention something slightly emotional to him. Because he was in tears. Start, start girding. I didn't realise he was see such it. a girding. He started, it was the emotion of getting yeah. getting named as captain was nearly too much for him. So if, if Park should say, what are you going to do hey, if, 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 when you get beat? Are you going to cry? Are you going to cry like a big baby? I can't believe you just tried to work. That's a terrible impression. Apologies to Porrig Harrington for that. We need to get Stephen <laughs> P. Connolly to do a proper impression. That was terrible. Everywhere I look, I see stuff I don't like. Rules being broken are generally ignored. Unraked bunkers. Pitch marks. Shorts above the knee. Ankle socks, novelty club head covers. It's all wrong and it stinks. Not anymore. Not with my fragrance. Compliance. Made with sandalwood and including flavours from some of my favourite crisps and with over 10 millilitres of my actual sweat in every single bottle. Spray it on because rules aren't meant to be broken. Compliance. The scent of correctness. By the way, the first thing he's doing, he's talking about um, how he's going to change sort of um, his picks. So he's going to go with the four picks. Um, and Parag, by the way, I think there's going to be an announcement. He might just go for two. And interesting that he's, he's thinking about maybe doing away with some of the flexibility. I don't think that's a good idea, but... I can't understand the thinking behind it. And who are we to question Parag's... But that has been in the mix for a while now. Would you not be better having four picks? Just in case things don't necessarily go so well. Absolutely, but then you can still revert back to choosing the next four in the rankings if If you you want want to. to. So it it doesn't really make sense. Well, hopefully, um, I will say, I wonder what, I think we might know in the next few weeks exactly what's going to happen there. And a wee bit of local news, Warren Point's Nigel Shaw was elected to the captaincy of the PGN Ireland at the recent AGM. And Brian McElhenney was a recent winner at Ballycastle in the latest Ulster Golfers Alliance event. Talking of practice leads us nicely into our latest tip from professional Colum Moriarty at Glasson Hotel and Country Club. Colum has a bit of advice for players struggling to get out of the bunker. Get a lot of requests here at the academy for short game lessons and especially for bunker shots that 
really seems to be a shot that scares the majority of amateurs. And the biggest problem I see is that people don't set up to the bunker shot correctly. They set up in the same way as they do to a chip shot, a lot of the time with the ball too far back, their hands too far ahead, and straight away they're in a bad position to try and get the ball out of the bunker. So a quick tip that I'd use, get into a better setup position. Get the ball more positioned more on your left heel, get your left foot spread out a little bit to help your body rotate correctly. Open the club a little bit to expose the bounce, then grip it. And straight away we're in a much better setup position to help get the ball out of the bunker. So let's just go ahead and see how we get on. So straight away you can see the ball comes out there pretty consistently. You can get in touch with me here at the academy through my website at colomoriartygolf.ie. So that's pretty much it for this vlog slash podcast, Mr. Kelly, unless you have anything else. Yeah, it's still pretty quiet, Morris, obviously, on the amateur front, but congratulations to Dundalk's Keelan Rafferty, who's a friend of the pod, he's been on a couple he of times. He lost out in the semi-final of the South African Amateur Championship. The GUI have also selected a new president, that's Jim McGovern from Castle Bar. Well done, Jim. Anything coming up over the next couple of weeks? European Tour is yeah. heading back to the Middle East. It is. Oman and Qatar for a couple of events in a row. And then on the US Tour, it's the Honda Classic and the Arnold Palmer. Is that the one where he's defending? Uh, That's the one where you, ha you have to wear the daft... A Dolph Cardigan, if you win. Oh, yeah, is that the Cardigan one? I think that's a Cardigan one. And the LET is remaining in Australia for the Canberra Classic. And it's been a pretty good week, Morris. Have we been playing egg golf? What about the Winter League? Is it finished yet? Uh, next week. Next okay. week. So 18 points yesterday. It was all right. Two dings and 18 points. Did you use your new bats? No, I didn't. I got new clubs. Key photograph. Um, so thank you to Robin McKibben up at the clubhouse, father for of the Tom. Fitting. Yeah, father of Tom McKibben. Uh, Tom actually showed me how to hit my clubs properly while he was there. It's a bit embarrassing, that. He's just turned 16 years of age. Um, I think as we speak, he's on a flight to Florida ah, that's to right. play in to the defend Nick, that title yeah, he won last Nick year. Championship. Yes, that's right. So yep. good luck, Tom. Uh, he's just turned 16 years of age. He is striping the ball like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. He was up just messing about with his driver when I was there. Uh, 307 yard carry without even trying. 330 yard rollout. Lovely. And he's 16 years of age. Did he hit 16. your clubs? And he hit my clubs and I felt like saying, Robin, you keep those. Cause <laughs> <laughs> that's how you're meant to hit them. It's just uh, So yeah, so that's it for us uh, for this week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you do have any videos uh, you'd like to send us, please do. We always love to see the videos, uh, whatever's happening at your club. Uh, you can send them to us on Facebook, Twitter. Please subscribe, uh, like and share, all that kind of stuff. And our email address is the podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, Cheerio. Adios.